You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. And we have a bracket. March Madness is here. The tournament is starting this week. Uh, my national champion pick is Gonzaga, so we can wrap it up and we will see you next time. Uh, no, but that is uh, that is obviously who I'm going to go with eventually. But Selection Sunday, always one of the best sports day of the year, um, especially better when you kind of know going in that your team is going to be in the tournament as you did. I thought Indiana was comfortably in, made me sweat a little bit, um, but it's uh, it's a time when everyone has at least some level of hope, uh, certainly a sense of accomplishment making the field uh, for all 68 teams. And for us, the fans, now we get to look through the bracket, examine all the possibilities and get excited for the best three weeks in sports. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, just sitting there, getting to hear the teams called and, and see the reactions and everything like that. I mean, I, I feel the same way every single year, maybe except last year where it was pretty muted due to COVID. But like, it's the best time of year ever. You know, 68 teams have a chance, whether you believe it or not, to cut down the nets in April, uh, on April 4th in New Orleans. Like everyone's got a shot. It, that's what it's all about. You know, a- absolute chaos, absolute anarchy and believing that your team can do it. Like we've got a 16 seed in the playing game with the nation's leading scorer, someone who can absolutely light it up and went for, I think, seven straight 30 plus point games. So if if you are right state you are very worried about peter kiss if you are arizona maybe you are worried about peter kiss who knows but these are just the the things and the little tidbits that you can kind of look into as we get to march you would think it's a fairly straightforward scouting report going against brian because i believe he has the highest usage yeah. rate uh in the country um but yeah he does. he's uh Appointment television, so it'll be nice at the very least that Brian will get a standalone game uh, so everyone can get the the full Peter Kiss experience if you have not already. Um, yeah, the, not, not a ton of surprises in terms of who's in, who's out. I think the one case people kind of point to is, is Texas A&M, but I think you know, there was a lot of the season where A&M was not a good basketball team. Uh, so a couple games in March, unfortunately, was not enough to outweigh some of those lingering issues. But I know you're not thrilled that uh, that Rutger got in. But not only that, I have capital T thoughts. It, it okay. It thank you for teeing it up. By the way, um, <laughs> the committee seemed to care about certain aspects of uh, in terms of the bracketing and selection. And then for some teams, and then completely disregard them for others. For for teams like Notre Dame and Texas A&M, they seem to have completely disregarded the Saturday-Sunday games in their conference tournaments and only taken their resume as of Friday. Whereas a team like Iowa, uh, Tennessee is the same case as well. They, their Saturday-Sunday didn't seem to matter, even though I think most of us thought they should probably should have been a two-seed. Um, there, there's... Yeah. Something interesting there with Villanova being a two seed who beat Tennessee previously in the season, but then Duke gets a two seed even though they struggled. And I, I put I'll put struggle in air quotes. They struggled in a bad ACC. Um, but then you get to a team like Rutger, and I've I said this previously, and I'll say it again. I think it sets a dangerous precedent, and it yet again is another metric and another instance in which the committee chooses to reward a bad power conference team over a high-quality mid-major team. I'm not going to say Dayton deserved to get in because three Q3, four losses at that level, just you can't do that, even with a win over Kansas. They they chart, uh, harped on full body of work. If we are looking at the full body of work, Rutger had a good five-game stretch, and not much more outside of that. They have losses to Penn State. They lost to Lafayette at home, who is in the 300s of the net. They lost at UMass, who has fired their coach. Like These are not good outcomes of games. Put that aside, whatever. They're peaking at the right time. Great for them. There are obviously other teams that are peaking at the right time that did not get let into the field. 
then you go to the metrics predictive and results based rucker was well behind most of these other teams and now they get in with a net rating in the 70s which is the worst ever it it basically calls to attention that if you're a power conference team you don't have to schedule anyone according to ken palm rucker's non-conference strength of schedule i believe was 355th out of 358 that as they say is not very good um so when you consider that theirs was we need the research team on this i can't keep my rant going while also figuring out the research um yeah, they were 355th. Nailed it. Not only did they have the 355th best or worst or worst schedule in the non-conference, they didn't play well against it. They were horrible in the non-conference. To be able to do well in the Big Ten is fine and all. We've seen Nebraska do that, and they did not get the benefit of the doubt. What this is telling me now is full body of work doesn't matter. You need to peak at the right time, and you need to be a power conference team. Forget your non-conference schedule because it means absolutely nothing as long as you win games in your league. That's what we've learned from this tournament committee now. Playing devil's advocate, I would also point out that uh, a weak non-conference schedule is more than likely what ended up keeping Texas A&M out as they were also sub 300 um, in that regard. Again, I think pointing to the discrepancies between what they care about for each team. Yeah. Well, I, I think anytime it's, it's completely selected by human committee and we see this in uh, the college football playoff as well. It's confirmation bias. You can just point to whatever you want to justify the teams that you want in the field to be in the field. Um, and that's, it's frustrating, certainly, but that's kind of how these things have gone now. I, I thought the bigger yeah. uh, head scratcher was Michigan skipping the first four entirely. Um, I yep. didn't really think that made a lot of sense, um, but like couldn't really make a huge argument uh, for Rutger or Notre Dame jumping them. But I, I think either Indiana or Wyoming would have made more sense to be in the field as an 11 seed and, and send Michigan to Dayton, but no one listens to me on these things either. Um, so there we, there we find ourselves, but that'll get going tonight. As you are listening to this, the first four, uh, Indiana and Wyoming will be the late game. Um, and yeah, should be a, should be a wonderful tournament yet again. And Gonzaga is once again the number one overall seed. So we will start with the Zags region out west. Top seeds in this region outside of Gonzaga, the one uh, Duke, Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Yukon, the rest of the top five in order. I'm going with Gonzaga. Are you going with Gonzaga as well? You're going to be shocked to hear that I am, in fact, going with Gonzaga. Okay. That was made me nervous for a second. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, I've got the Zags winning it all, and I think this region, certainly, um, you know, there, there was the loss to Duke earlier in the season. Duke is not really playing well um, right now, so I'd be very confident in Gonzaga in a potential rematch if it comes to that. Um, I just think yep. both Timmy and, and Chet Holmgren playing at such a high level, and there's really not a team that can effectively match up with them um, and and do enough to, to take those guys away and then not open themselves up to all of the perimeter threats that the Zags have at their disposal as well. Um, so... It's not right, going to be right. easy necessarily, but I I don't see anyone in this region knocking off Gonzaga. This is, uh, as I've said for like the past seven seasons, it's the Zags year. This is it. This is the yeah. one. Um, I I agree. I, I their guard play is going to be what dictates everything because I think at this point Timmy and Chet are known commodities. Like you, you can pretty well guess what you're going to get out of them. Um, guard play can be a little bit more sporadic, but not that much. So like, obviously they are the best team in the country for a reason. They, they do, do it very well. Front court, back court, offense, defense. Um, but I, I do think they have 
quite an interesting path to get to the final four with Boise State, I think, is a very tough eight seed. That's a tough draw if you're Gonzaga. Additionally, Memphis can give you anything on any given night. So the Tigers putting two games together maybe makes me feel more comfortable if I'm a Zags fan. But the talent level on that team, we have seen them play very well. And then obviously Sunday they laid an egg against Houston, but they were in it for most of the game. So that is quite an 8-9 matchup to have for Gonzaga. I think you got to feel pretty comfortable, but UConn is always a tough matchup. I don't know that they've got the bigs to really compete in that game. Like I said, though, Gonzaga's, Gonzaga's to lose at this point. Yeah, I mean, just just looking down the, the first-round matchups, uh, Boise State and Memphis was certainly one that caught the eye as one of the, the more intriguing ones. I mean... Boise State's another team you can even look at. You know, slow start to the year, didn't really have any impressive wins in the non-conference, and then playing the best basketball at the right time of the year. They won the Mountain West, which was able to get four teams into the field, and then Memphis yep. lost the um, title game in the tournament to Houston, but they closed the regular season with a convincing win over the Cougars. Um, and another team... Really hit its low point. Penny was fighting with the media. Um, and now Jalen Duran has eight double-doubles in his last nine games. Um, and they'll need another one from him going up against a very well-balanced Boise team. Uh, I like Boise in that first-round matchup, but I think that's probably going yep. to be the closest one um, out of the first-round games in this region. I am actually going to take... Uh... Arkansas Vermont as the best game in this region. I think the contrasting styles are very interesting. We saw Arkansas really struggle with it last year against Colgate and Vermont's got some players. They, you know, there's no Anthony Lamb on this team, but they certainly have some star power and they play very good defense. Uh, if they can dictate tempo, they're going to have a real good shot at knocking off the Hogs. The American East is just not fair. Like Vermont, yeah, is so dominant, and, and that was illustrated perfectly in the conference tournament. Um, just it's not even close. Uh, Ryan Davis that has that star power that Anthony Lamb kind of left that legacy behind. But right, yeah, that that'll be a a very fun first round game. Um, I I don't think Vermont's ultimately going to pull off the upset here. I think it'll be a lot like. The Colgate game last year was uh, trouble for a time. Catamounts are certainly going to score and uh, keep themselves in it, but Arkansas is another team that's been playing its best basketball late in the season. That inside-out duo of, of J.D. Note and Jalen Williams um, is going to be too much for Vermont. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think that'll also be a really fun first-round game. And I do have it written down right under Boise State and Memphis, just in case... I needed a backup, but Excellent. Uh, I do. Excellent. I do think that'll be a fun one as well. Yeah, you know, just remember the committee doesn't pick storylines. So Foster Lawyer happening to play Michigan State in a revenge game is complete coincidence. Yeah, yeah, just like potential second round matchup, Michigan State Duke. Um, yes. Speaking of, for for the purposes of of this episode, let's call. Let's call an upset a double-digit seed winning. Um, yes, where no no nines over eights. Um, but looking at uh, the rest of the first-round matchups, maybe maybe Vermont, if that was included in yours, um, what what upsets do you see happening in the first round and potentially beyond? I I do have Vermont beating Arkansas. Um... And then I have Davidson beating Michigan State and then giving Duke hell. But I just watching them struggle against Richmond on Sunday, I, I don't have the belief that they can beat this Duke team. Um, I wish I would have seen a little more. Like It looked like they were pulling away in the second half. And then Richmond obviously had a great run. Offense went cold for Davidson. But I think that's going to be a heck of a game in the second round. Against Duke, I think they can give him a lot of problems, but Duke is just so long and athletic that I don't know Davidson can really handle that unless they shoot the lights out. 
But those are the only two double-digit seeds I have. I do think Texas or Texas Tech is going to get a hell of a game from Montana State. I just think Tech is too good to uh, to lose that one. I don't understand the love of the winner of Rucker Notre Dame beating Alabama. I think this is the time where Alabama turns it on. I I, I think uh, their style of play just does not fit with either of those, and they're going to imprint their their style pretty early on that game. I think it's exactly the type of game that Alabama loses because they're going to be favored. Um, I That's like fair. it's it's also a fool's errand trying to predict what is going to happen in a game that Alabama participates in, uh, yes. which is part of the fun. Like one of us is going to be very wrong. Um, and that's kind of how it's been all season long. Uh, I'm with you on Davidson over Michigan States. This almost feels like too obvious of a pick. Um, yeah. Makes you a little nervous, but yeah, like I, I think concerns are real. Cause I honestly, I like I, I watched that whole game. I still really don't think, Richmond is very good. Uh, so it was kind of a, a yeah. bad bad loss, especially how it happened at the end when Davidson really could have iced the game, was unable to. But in general, one of the best outside shooting teams in the country, very fundamentally sound, take care of the basketball. And Michigan State has had a whole host of issues, really stumbling to the finish line, no true go-to guy, um, not really having a true point guard that you could rely on either. Um, and yeah, the, the foster lawyer revenge game, I think will be, will be fun. Um, and also playing this in South Carolina, that's another uh, yeah. fun advantage for Davidson. Um, you know, Sparty fans are, are certainly going to travel, but it's significantly further from East Lansing um, than was coming down from Davidson. Um, right. I, I think it's going to be Rutger winning the first four game. Um, I've been a big proponent of, of Notre Dame basketball this year, but um, I have a hard time believing in them. And then Rutger over Alabama, I think, is directly the MO of each team. Like Rutger will get up for a, at times, quality opponents, and Alabama will play down to the competition, settle for jacking up a million threes and continue to hit at a pretty low clip. Um, But neither of those is the biggest upset I have in the first round. So we've got, we've got three double digit seeds advancing. um, And by we, I mean me, but I'm going 12, five New Mexico state over Yukon. Wow. I, re- I really do like UConn. I do. Good basketball team. Uh, Snogo is a great player, but Teddy Allen is going to go off. Um, at his third school now, um, finally eschewing the, the Power Six route after West Virginia to Nebraska. Now kind of a step up from Nebraska going to New Mexico State where NCAA tournament bids are possible. Um, but New Mexico State's kind of been been knocking at the door. Um, you know, always a, a trendy pick. They they did lose to Chicago State, got that out of their system. But I was going to ask if that worries you. I mean, everyone's got bad losses at this point. <laughs> like, I can I can focus on what I choose to focus on. I only need them to win one game head to head. I don't need them yeah. to to be better for thirty games. Um, but I think he's going to have a. Uh, a March performance and get New Mexico state to the round of 32. That is quite a game. I, I do think a lot of people are sleeping on New Mexico state. I, especially when it comes to these 12 seeds. Um, I know you have uh, interest in, in at least one of those other 12 seeds. So we can, we can hold until then, but yeah, I, I do think, this New Mexico State team is being slept on as like a, an upset Cinderella pick. I I like UConn a lot. I think they can make a Final Four run. Um, I don't think they will, obviously, as I picked Gonzaga about 11 minutes ago in this podcast, but um, I think they can give Gonzaga a hell of a game. And that's, uh, that's part of the problem we were kind of talking about before we started recording, too, is like there are 
certain upsets you go into the tournament that it seems like most people are on, um, you know, not a yeah. big seed upset, but for example, Davidson over Michigan state seems to be one that a lot of people are on. So it's kind of about not ultimately going to win you your pool. Cause really it just matters if you pick the right national champion. Um, but yeah, it's always good to, to find some of those value ones. Um, not trying to give myself credit as doing that, but um <laughs> A, a small a small part of the motivation um because i i do definitely have a handful of what you would call pretty obvious picks um yeah and in some of, of the other regions yeah uh any other any other thoughts on the west um nothing major i i i like texas tech a lot i think they're they're going to the elite eight there and like i said if there if there were a sleeper team in this region for me it would be yukon okay i had yeah i i didn't have any uh any double digit seeds to the sweet 16 i had say the sleeper yeah. adjacent team i would i'd probably go with arkansas i think that'll be a really tough sweet 16 game um for Gonzaga, the Zags advancing over Duke. Um, I really want to put Texas Tech in the Elite Eight, but I just have a feeling there's going to be some Coach K dark magic that happens uh, <laughs> in that game. And it, it seems like this is set up perfectly, uh, trying to help Duke have the uh, best possible path. And I think part of that was giving them a two seed over the likes of Tennessee, but right. I can't, can't beat that dead horse anymore. <laughs> All right, let's go across the bracket to the South. Got uh, the second number one seed, the Arizona Wildcats out of the conference of champions. Rest of the top five seeds in the South region, we've got Villanova, Tennessee, Illinois, and Houston. Also coming in at uh, number eight in the program, number one in your hearts, the Seton Hall Pirates, taking on TCU in that 8-9 game for the right to play Arizona, or maybe Peter Kiss. We don't know. You never um, know. So who do you have coming out of the South region and going to the final four. I have the fortune 500 program Villanova winning the South region. Shout out Rothstein. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I do. I do not. Any, do you want to elaborate on that at all? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I like, Obviously, I love a two seed getting a 15 seed in the first round. What's not to love about that? I think there have been seven ever, uh, 15 over twos. So that's that's good math. But I do think, and this is a trendy one, and, and we'll probably get to this in a minute, but I do think Loyola beats Ohio State uh, in that first round game. And that just lines up perfectly for Villanova to move on. Nobody in that uh, top half of the bottom half of the bracket, if that makes sense. Nobody from the Colorado State, Michigan, Tennessee, Longwood um, pod really scares me if I'm Villanova. And then I actually have them beating Illinois in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. I'm sleeping on the Longwood Lancers. Uh, okay. First ever so, dance. Yeah, they they will they will just be happy to be there, but could be could be some fun uh, for for a stretch in that first round matchup against Tennessee. Feel like people believing in Rick Barnes' reputation will uh, will definitely be hammering the money line for Longwood. Yeah, uh, I I probably will just from a you know opportunity perspective. Yeah, yeah. And also, I just like to bet money line on all the low seeds, and eventually it works yeah. out. Shout out Oral Roberts. Um, all it takes is one. I I said multiple times this year that I would at least be putting Tennessee in the elite eight. Um, and then got there looking at the top half of the bracket, Arizona, who Tennessee has already beaten, albeit at home. And also mm -hmm. we really aren't 100% sure on the status of Karakriza. So we're sending the Vols to the final four. Uh, this 
very wow, much play could, Rocky Top. This very much could blow up in my face, but uh, I mean they they've been playing exceptional basketball, third nationally now in adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. We're getting folked up, and the perimeter trio has been outstanding. Um, Chandler, James, and Viscovi. I think that'll continue, and I, I think it's a uh, it's a, a very good draw for them. I really like you, with the obvious exception of Tennessee. I'm not super concerned with uh, with Colorado State in that second round game, um, and then yeah, yeah, I, I think I think Tennessee will will keep rolling. Um, yeah, but we're playing Rocky Top. This feels like the most wide open region to me. I feel like there are a number of teams that can put together a good two weeks and, and make it out of here more so than any other. I think that's fair. I think, yeah, I think this is a region where, you know, the the only other four or five seeds that I, I've really seen getting loved, like Iowa and UCLA, we can talk about them later, but, you know, Illinois yeah. and Houston are teams that you can definitely talk yourselves into, um, making a deep run. Houston obviously did it last year. Many people wish Illinois did. Um, so they're yeah. chasing that dragon and doubling down this year. But uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very, very deep top of the seed list uh, for sure. Yep. So I don't necessarily know what direction to next go um, in between upset picks and sleepers. So I'm going to do both at the same time with uh Loyola. Um yep. We we are diametrically opposed in this bracket um uh, because I have Loyola in the sweet 16. Um okay. I I think pretty pretty much aligned in the the first round game Ohio State another Big 10 team really limping to the finish line 6 and 7 over the last 2 months and dropping three late games to the likes of Penn State and other non-tournament teams um, truly really makes them hard to believe in right now. Uh, Loyola kind of snuck into the tournament. They were probably not going to be an at-large team. Uh, would have been right on the bubble. Were able to win the Valley. Um, and it's just exactly what you'd expect from a veteran team. They are one of the more experienced teams in the country um, take care of the ball. They shoot yep. it extremely well. Um, Drew Valentine has been able to keep it rolling um, after Porter Moser departed to Oklahoma. Lucas Williamson is a star. Um, so I, I don't expect there to be much drama in the first round over Ohio State. Admittedly going out on a little more of a limb, um, taking them over Villanova, but I, I do think they'll keep it rolling and. Uh, you know, I I don't think it will be any more surprising than Loyola knocking off Illinois last year. So that is how I will justify that. I think that's fair. Um, I also have Loyola beating Ohio State, as I mentioned before, but that is that is my only double digit upset. Like the the trendy picks of Chattanooga and UAB, I I think UAB wins over Houston. Um, Houston did look very good on Sunday against Memphis, but I, I just am not fully convinced. And that seems weird to say about a 29 win team that metrically is one of the best in the country. Um, everyone loves Jordan Walker. I, I think he does have a March moment in him. Maybe it came early in this conference USA triple overtime win over middle Tennessee, which Credit to you. Great call out for uh, getting the CUSA on everyone's uh, conference tournament radar. But I, uh, I I don't really see many of these double digit, any of these double digit seeds really having a, a run in them. Um, I do have the homer pick of Seton Hall over Arizona only to lose to Illinois. Okay. But that is because if they can get through TCU, you're playing with house money and, and there's maybe no team better playing when there's absolutely nothing to lose than Seton Hall this year. I like Seton Hall over TCU. I'm going to stop short of uh, putting him over Arizona, but I, I support your right to do so. Um, it's it's a respectable choice. It's the normal yeah. choice. So yeah. 
I, I, uh, I, uh, I feel comfortable or I feel comforted hearing that you have them beating TCU. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, Loyola is the only double digit seed I have advancing to, but I, I do really like that sub regional. Uh, I, I think those are two first round games. I think that will probably be the most entertaining. Um, I think you're absolutely yeah. right with regards to Jelly Walker. I mean, they were they were dead. They were deader than dead against mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee. I like that was a, a ridiculous escape. Um, that I think that was kind of the March magic being used up. But I, I think Houston's elite defense trying to slow him down is still going to be a fun matchup. And then right, Chattanooga, Illinois has the potential to be. Very fun. I like Illinois to win that. I have Houston in the Sweet 16. Um, but, you know, Kofi Coburn going up against Silvio D'Souza, who is still in college. Um, and then... He's only a he, junior. Yeah. I, like, eligibility <laughs> now, too, with COVID just, that is just all over the place. Um, He's got that Adidas eligibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Malachi Smith, the perimeter star for the mocks. Um, yeah, like Chattanooga yeah. is another team that every few years we're, we're trying to build some love for them, a la New Mexico State. I, I think Illinois is going to be too tough, uh, Kofi Coburn especially, but I think that also has the potential to be a very fun first-round game. Um, I, yeah, I, definitely. I really hope so much that Colorado State beats Michigan because I, mm-hmm. I just Michigan should not be in the the round of sixty four immediately. Um, and yeah, need some need some more love for the Mountain West. Agreed, agreed on both points. Any any closing thoughts on the South? No, I I would really love to see a Tennessee Villanova Sweet Sixteen. Though I think that'd be really fun. I'd love to see Loyola even more, but you know, <laughs> one of us will probably get our wish. Hopefully. Uh, all right. We've got the East. And back to the, the left side of the brackets. Um, mm-hmm. Top seed Baylor, rest of the top five, Kentucky, Purdue, UCLA, and St. Mary's, also out of the WCC. Um, Tough conference. People forget this. Yep. Who do you have winning the East? I have Purdue very hesitantly. I'm not confident in the pick, but I've got Purdue. Um, that 6-11 game is tasty if you're Purdue. like You just need to get through Yale, who admittedly is a tough out. But I have very little faith in Texas. Um, so much so that I'm going to take Virginia Tech to beat them. Virginia Tech at some point has to run out of gas. Like I think this was the team I expected to see earlier in the year. I don't know that they have another weekend's worth of magic to put together to to beat a team like Purdue. And then from there, you're you're kind of off to the races. Um, so I have a little bit. This is this is my region with upsets and chaos. This is the one. I've got Purdue making it to the Elite Eight um, and just potential Sweet 16 of Purdue-Kentucky is just a great no-win scenario for me. But um, out of those two, I would prefer Purdue advances. I think they will. Um, First round against Yale, Yale's good, but I I think the thing with Purdue especially, we saw it a couple years ago uh, when they faced off with Vermont, like mid-major, low-major teams just, cannot fathom Purdue size. Like they, they yeah. just do not have the the manpower and the the height of their own to to match up with a Zach Eady. Um I think he's certainly gonna eat in that game. Uh but I I do have Baylor going back to the final four and knocking Purdue off okay. in the Elite Eight. Um even without JTT, even with LJ Cryer struggling as well. Um, this is still a team that turns you over at an elite clip. You've got 
enough talent as it is with Flagler, Akinjo, and Brown um, to get through yeah. this region and uh, a a rematch that I know Gonzaga would certainly be rooting for if uh, if they're able to get out of the West region. Uh, they'd love another crack at Baylor, but um, yeah, I, I think it'll be pretty interesting uh, run. It, I, I don't have it playing out this way, but it, it could be a very interesting run after the first round of Baylor playing all blue bloods in North Carolina, UCLA and Kentucky. Um, yeah. To, uh, to really cement their place as a, uh, a new blood of college basketball. Um, but I do have Purdue in that elite eight game, but yeah, I liked Baylor last year. They're, they're a very different team. Um, and I mean, we, we really don't even talk about uh, Matthew Myers much anymore either, uh, but he is still very much no. there and contributing, but I think just speaks to the, the surprising depth they've got, which is really unexpected after uh, the mass departure from the national title team. Uh, I think this is a credit to Scott Drew confirmed good coach. And I, I think yeah. he'll make it back to back final fours. I like Baylor. I think their draw is just too tough. Like I, I don't, I don't think I don't have North Carolina beating Marquette. I think North Carolina would be a very tough matchup for them. Yes. They turn teams over well, which is something North Carolina struggles with, but Guard play on top of the interior superiority that North Carolina would like is going to be a tough, tough out um, for Baylor. Uh, UCLA, that's a team I have beating Baylor. um, And I didn't necessarily want it this way, but I think it just, when when I got down to it, it made the most sense to make that pick. I think... UCLA has left a lot to be desired all year long, and I, I don't know that many people would argue with that. They have really struggled with Arizona. They struggled throughout um, Pac-12 play, just not playing at the level that we had seen and not playing like the team we saw early in the season beat Villanova. That said, it's March. This is where they need to turn it on, and I think they will. They They will get a weekend and a half of good play and then come just short against Purdue. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a coin flip in my opinion between Baylor and UCLA. Yeah, I I think that's that's fair. UCLA is the team that really concerns me the most. Um, yeah, if I'm if I'm Baylor, um, I mean, like they they've underachieved certainly. Metrics are still outstanding. Top 15 offensive defensive efficiency, only Gonzaga and Houston can also say that. Um so those are they they hit all of the requirements, if you want to call it that, of just what every national champion has hit in the past. Um so they're definitely that talented of a team. Like yeah. They They've got Johnny Juzang, um, everyone back pretty much. Miles Johnson added him to to anchor the interior. They're they're a big vibes team. They yeah. take a lot of bad shots, but they make them. So that's kind of yes. a, a scary team to try to defend. Um, certainly in a, a one game scenario in March. Uh, so. Much better position than they were at the start of the tournament last year relative to expectations. Still a little disappointing coming in, um, but this is definitely a team that can get hot uh, for a couple weeks and and make a deep run. I think Baylor will win that Sweet 16 game, but I'm with you in that UCLA is a very concerning potential opponent um, in the top half of this region. Yeah, no doubt about it. I am also with you on Virginia Tech over Texas. Uh, this this Texas team is just so hard to believe in, and you know they cannot shoot from the outside. Hunter Couture has been outstanding from the outside uh, for Virginia Tech. Great run to get the automatic bid um, in the ACC tournament because they probably weren't in without it. Um, they right, were very, right. were very late charging. Um, 
near the end of the season, really the Florida state game when they just absolutely went off from three is where everything seemed to change. Um, they rediscovered mm-hmm. their identity. Aluma has been outstanding in the interior all year. And now Couture is making it rain storm Murphy um, contributing as, as he can. And yeah, I think, I think Virginia Tech's definitely going to get out of the first round, but outside of that, I I don't have Indiana advancing. I don't have I don't have any other uh, double digit seeds winning. I have been put in an, an impossible position with regards to Indiana, and should it come to Indiana playing St. Mary's? in the 5-12 game, I would almost rather fall in the grenade for the West Coast Conference um, and and have St. Mary's advance. So we, do not, we do not restart uh, factually incorrect narratives. So, that is noble. Everyone, <laughs> all of us West Coast Conference stands appreciate you and, and the Hoosiers potentially falling on that grenade. Yeah. I, the the first four game against uh, Wyoming too, like two teams that are among the nation's leaders in post up rates. Um, that's pretty much all Wyoming does with Ike and Hunter Maldonado just backing guards down. Yeah, um, he's gonna have a whale of a time if he tries that on like Xavier Johnson or Trey Galloway. But I'm sure they'll get creative. And then, you know, all Indiana does is is feed trace or race in the post and just run the offense from that. So it's going to be a lot of seventies and eighties looking basketball. Um, And then potential matchup St. Mary's will be played at a snail's pace. So those are, uh, those are things to look forward to, but I, I do like St. Mary's to win whoever they play. And then I like UCLA to win that second round matchup. Yep, I'm with you on that. Like I like I said before, I've got Virginia Tech. Um, I've only got them winning one game, obviously, as I have Purdue in the Final Four. The upset that I have is Murray State over Kentucky in the round of 32. I think this is this is a bragging rights game, really. It's it's a shot for a a smaller school to get a chance at at the the big one in their state and i think that murray state is able to pull this one off um, very very good racer team 30 wins already on the season i think they add two more before falling to purdue once again committee does not never do anything with storylines no sorry even though this never. feels exactly like when they put kansas and wichita state in this position Yes. Um, so, so Wichita State could claim bragging rights for the states. Um, yeah, that w- that was a really tough second round matchup to call. Um, San Francisco Murray State is the first round matchup I'm looking forward to the most, and mm-hmm. it's it's tough because this guarantees that a mid major school will get a win in the tournament. But I wish they were both playing power conference teams uh, so they could flex their muscle a little bit. I think both are very capable of, of winning games, but Murray state is, is just red hot and KJ Williams is going to have an outstanding game. And yeah, I, I've got them losing to Kentucky, but it would not surprise me if, if Murray state's able to make it to the second weekend, they have been playing very, very well. Yeah, I, I was very close to putting them in the Elite Eight, but decided against Ooh. it. That there was there was a lot happening in in the mind. Yeah, shout out San Francisco though. Um, here you say like yeah, the uh, first appearance since 1998 for the Dons, um, a a once proud program. Todd Golden has been able to work their way back up and well deserved bid. The the biggest frustration at this point is that BYU fell off a cliff and we can actually have forbid WCC. Uh, it is as the, as the prophecy foretold. But now we're mm-hmm. we're back to back to three as we are in in most years. It feels like, but um, yeah, yeah, the three San CC Francisco, yeah, San Francisco, very deserving of the bid. But that's just a really tough first round draw. 
uh, Murray State. Especially when you look on the uh, other side, bottom right, and see Miami draws USC. Not necessarily yeah. a good matchup, but you would have liked to have seen those tens flipped around. Definitely, and then I would I would like Murray State and San Francisco to both win those games. But exactly, we can't, we can't have nice things. Ever. Of course. Oh well. Um, all right, that's uh, that's all I've got for that region. Any anything else in your end? No, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Midwest. Final one, the Midwest. Kansas, the Jayhawks, um, not not a great season by their standards. So it, it speaks to the program and Bill Self, the fact that I can say that truthfully, and they are still a one seed. Uh, we've got Kansas is the one, Auburn, then Wisconsin, Providence, and Iowa. Uh, I, I would say, like for how strong the top five are in the South. I think you go through the top five here, and with the exception of Iowa, because they've been playing really well, there are real concerns with with each team and uh, confidence in, in each at at any given moment can best be described as shaky. Yeah, I, I've heard it described as the fraud region on Twitter.com, and would be maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll have to wait until the games are played to figure that out. But you're right. It, it leaves a lot to be desired, I think, especially considering some of these regions are a little more uh, top heavy than others. Yeah. And, and just this is uh, the, re- the region of luck, certainly with Wisconsin and Providence. Um, right. That's people are getting triggered just from the mention of that word. Um, yes. but, but who do you have going to the final four out of the Midwest? I'm going to take Auburn. They've got the best player in the region. They've got the toughest matchups uh, in terms of their their style of play and then their personnel. I really like them to come out of this bottom half of the bracket. Like I don't see anyone here that can match up with them. USC maybe has a chance just given their size, but even so, like Jabari Smith is going to win that matchup 10 times out of 10. So I'm going to take Auburn. I have them beating Providence, who I think is actually going to make a run um, I know that's another trendy upset pick, South Dakota State, and I do think the Jackrabbits give Providence a hell of a game in the first round, but obviously I'm taking the Friars to win that one. Um, but that's that's what I've got. I've got Auburn over Providence in the Elite Eight for uh, the Tigers to get to the Final Four. Do you have the entire Big East winning their first round game? I do, and that was I unintentional. That. <laughs> I thought I, thought, I, thought I noticed that as we were going through. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I won't. I won't begrudge that. Um, I I do not have Providence in the Elite Eight. I do have Auburn in the Final Four. Um, and I I agree. I think USC would have the potential to make a run similar to last year's team if they matched up with just about anyone else in the second round. Yeah. They're not going to win an interior battle against Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. It's just not going to happen. And yeah, like everyone else, I've got Auburn over Kansas in the regional final. Again, Kansas just does not have anyone on the inside that can match up with that duo. And it's it's really just putting a lot of faith in Auburn's backcourt, which it is... Vitally important Tricky. in March to have strong guard play, certainly strong point guard play, which Auburn's has been inconsistent, to put it kindly. Yeah. I I am less concerned about that than the concerns about any other team in this region. Um, so mm-hmm. it's choosing the the lesser of all the evils is the, uh, the justification at this point. But at, at Auburn's best, which we've seen quite a bit, um, not a good road team. Not many teams are, um, but yeah, neutral court with everyone else. Um, I think the talent of the Tigers will win out and they will have passable, decent games from its perimeter players to, uh, to speak this into existence. But it will 
There will not be a performance that will want me make me want to pull my hair out. I hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, I not only did I have every Big East team winning their first game, I very nearly had Creighton beating Kansas. Like I, I think Creighton matches up very well with the Jayhawks. You've got to figure out defensively who's going to take out Baji, but at the same time, Kalkbrenner has been phenomenal in the post. He's defensive or Big East Defensive Player of the Year. They made that nice run to the Big East title. Like I, I think Creighton has a lot, even without Nemhard at point guard. Like they've got a ton to be excited about there. They do have a very tough matchup with San Diego State, but they're uh, that should be a fun one to watch. Um, there was a tweet that I wanted to bring up from Stephen Carr, who is video and broadcast video broadcast and production coordinator at Gonzaga. Um, that I, I just randomly came across. Yeah. Uh, every year there's a, quote, hot power team that wins their conference tourney then bows out early. Remember, I did not write this tweet. So the first team mentioned, I did not write this. In 2016, Seton Hall wins the Big East. They lose to Gonzaga in the first round. 17, Duke wins the ACC. They lose in the second round of the tournament. 18, Arizona wins the Pac-12. They lose in the first round. Uh, 19, Iowa State wins the Big 12. They lose in the first round. And last year, Illinois wins the Big 10 and loses in the second round as a one seed. So who is it this year? I'm not going to take Iowa to lose to Richmond because I don't think, like you said before, I don't think Richmond is that good. I honestly could have seen them dropping to like a 13 seed um, and putting someone like, I need to look at my 13s now. Um Putting someone like South Dakota State on the 12 line, I think that would have been a very fun game to get Iowa and South Dakota State in that first round. I just don't see Iowa getting past the first weekend, though. I think they're they're out of gas. I think teams are going to figure out how to defend them. Uh, and Jordan Bohannon can't keep banking in deep threes, can he? I don't know. But they're, they're also not going to play a defense as, as strong as Indiana's, and that didn't really seem to affect them too much in that game anyway. They, they are just the ultimate teams. Like, you cannot give them any daylight at all because they, they just do not miss open shots. Like, as soon as it's released, yeah. you're like, all right, we're 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 running back the other way because they're not missing, uh, which is is very deflating, um, certainly. That was that's why the, the game Saturday was frustrating. You could never really feel comfortable. But, yeah, right. that, like... I like Iowa to make it to the Sweet 16. Um, I guess because my my upset in this region is South Dakota State over Providence, yeah. and uh, South Dakota State isn't going to be able to defend to keep up with Iowa in that second round game. Um, my main concern with Providence is L. Durham's health. Um, if yeah. he's if he's Big still time. not a hundred percent, then that makes me lean even harder towards the Jackrabbits. And just the fact that they shoot 45% from three as a team is just stupid. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's not fair. Um, it but is not fair. That was the word I, I was going to use. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm not going to complain. I want to uh, continue to, to ride the literal hot hand. Um, they have not lost since early December. And yes, they play in the Summit, I know. But uh, there are... Still some good teams in that conference, or at least two other good teams we have confirmed. Um, did not make the mistake of losing to Max Asimus and Oral Roberts this year. Um, so now they have the opportunity to provide some magic in March. Um, there's yep. been a 13 seed um, advancing to the second round for I don't know how many years in a row now, but this is uh, it's a 13 seed I like. And yeah, it, regards to Iowa, like throw any other 12 seed in there besides Richmond, I would probably feel good about that. Yeah. But I just, I, I can't, can't get excited about this Richmond team. Apologize. Use that as bulletin board material, Hell, but I just can't get Vermont to the 12 line. Like there, there are so many other yeah. teams. Akron would have been a fun 12 to see as well, but yeah, I'm with you. It, uh, I, um, an Iowa Providence second round game would be fun just to see a Justin Manaya versus Keegan Murray offense de- or defense offense matchup and with the order that I mentioned them in. Yeah, absolutely. And then like looking at first round games, there are seemingly <laughs> similar stylistically, but 
again, it's about the vibes and vibes yes. are miles apart. Zombies like Creighton. I feel like it's been may, maybe not on in Big East circles. I'm not as plugged in, but like it's been pretty under the radar how much better the defense has gotten over the last several seasons under Greg McDermott, and that's what's like been carrying them this year. Like their yeah. offense is not at the level that it's been of some of the P Creighton teams. They've got a top 20 defense. Now that first round matchup with San Diego state, who's always very stout defensively is going to be a lot of fun, but I think San Diego state has the best individual offensive player in Matt Bradley. So I'm leaning towards the Aztecs there. Conversely, we joked about this and we, we got it. It's karmic LSU, Iowa state. The vibes are going to be horrendous. <laughs> As LSU also is does not have a full time head coach, as seemingly everyone in the SEC now is uh, is getting rid of their coach. But Will Wade, obviously, a lot more to that story. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, that that first round game is going to be it, like I will watch it, but yes, it will, it's gonna it's gonna border on unwatchable. I, 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 I need to figure out what time the game is because I was hoping that that would be like a standalone game. That would either be the first game of the day or the last <laughs> game of the night. Um, unfortunately, Seton Hall is the last game on last game of the first round, like the entire first round, uh, which is just chef's kiss because all all of my friends and I were were praying and hoping that we would not be the first game because we didn't want all the attention. We didn't say anything about the last game. So sure enough, we get the last game. Um, but this is a 620 start. So it is wedged between a number of other games. Um, you got Illinois Chattanooga at 550. These are all central times for, for folks listening as well. Um, Fullerton, Duke, Iowa State, LSU, and then it's Arizona and TBD because the playing game, but there are four games all at a time there. Uh, so it is a little unfortunate that this couldn't be a standalone because imagine the first game of the tournament is this and people have to watch like a 16 to 12 halftime. Thank, yeah, thankfully it's or like uh, this is a Louisiana Tech, North Texas one was. Uh, I, yeah, I think, what, 46 to 38 final or something? Uh, did, didn't know they ended up breaking 40, but like that's Barely. what I'm picturing from a score line where it's yeah. like, eight minutes to go in the first half. Someone has four points or, or something like that. Um, yeah. Thankfully Colorado state, Michigan will be the first game standalone on Thursday. That should be watchable. Yeah. And then my Jack rabbits taking on Providence next, but uh, yeah, that's, I, I have LSU, but like, I think this also feeds into the luck factor of sorts because of course, Wisconsin gets the winner of that. Um, after in Milwaukee, yeah. Um, Colgate could do something magical, but I'm assuming it's statistically likely that the three seed will advance and then Wisconsin gets whoever limps out of that game. I think it's as as easy a path as you could ask for. Um, I know I'm tempting fate, would, would be a real shame if someone proved me wrong, but uh Wisconsin seems to have a pretty easy path to the sweet 16 um but I think Auburn is is where the magic will run out um it's been a lot of a lot of outstanding individual players in this region um who have carried their teams to heights higher than anyone would have expected primarily the big 10 participants um but yeah it's uh I I think Auburn is just going to be able to outlast everyone um honestly like th this sounds like a disservice to auburn but like i it kind of the feeling like someone has to win this region yeah um, and like they are at their worst they are the least bad team um, this and they've is got... this is the most open reason for the exact opposite yeah uh, region this is the most open region for the exact opposite reason reason of the south the South has great one through five seeds. The Midwest, I think whoever gets hot, I would say whoever gets hot up to maybe Creighton, that Creighton-San Diego State game, and I'd even throw South Dakota State in there. They have it has a chance to run to the Sweet 16 or further. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 
it's wide open, but for yeah. all the wrong reasons. And that to to close off the thought on that Iowa State LSU, that that is the pot of doom with Iowa State LSU Wisconsin and Colgate. The uh, I'm LSU does not run a slow style. Everyone else is close to the two hundreds, if not in the two hundreds in terms of tempo, and the worst offensive team is Iowa State in the pod. What Colgate do you want to is do? the second best. I just looked it up. It was honestly a little higher than I was expecting, but what do you want to guess the over-under is for Iowa State LSU? Um, a realistic guess, I would say 116 and a half. 127 and a half. I'm as disappointed wow. as you are. Um, so... <laughs> well, we all know I'm hammering the under now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Now that we've uh, we've broken down each individual region, refresh me on your your final four. You've got Gonzaga, Villanova, Purdue, and Auburn. Yes, that is correct. Okay, I've got uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Tennessee, and Auburn. So kind of rematch of last year's title game, two SEC teams. But like the committee, I did not choose for storylines. It's just how it of happens. Um, see now now I. Now I'm seeing how the other half lives. I'm understanding their point of view. It just yeah. naturally happened. Um, all right. So who who do you have advancing to the final, and who do you have winning it all? So Gonzaga Purdue. I think this is a very fun matchup, just in terms of personnel. Like Zach Eady versus Chet is going to be an incredibly interesting matchup. If we can somehow get Travion Williams on the floor at the same time as Edie, which I know is nearly impossible and almost never happens. Those two guarded by Timmy and Holmgren would be incredible. Um, and then Jade Nivey is obviously one of the most dynamic players in the country and on the floor in that game. However, I'm going to take Gonzaga. I think they've just got too much. And as you mentioned, it's it's the Zags here. And then uh, on the... Sorry, just to interject, if Gonzaga loses to Purdue, I can't go out in public again. That yeah, would be, I think I think That would be a disaster. You've been very fair and unbiased all year towards Purdue. I think that is the I, yeah. least that you can do is uh, hide away for a few months. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, I just don't think Villanova can match up with Auburn. Uh, the height is going to be a huge problem. They'll have to basically pull a Villanova and, and live and die by the three. It's very doable for them. I just don't know that it happens. So I'm going to take Auburn, and then I will have Gonzaga beating Auburn in the final. Wow. Okay. Um, I did not expect us to have the same championship uh, result, maybe. But I, I've i got Gonzaga winning the rematch over Baylor. I think Baylor is really going to miss having uh, JTT for that game in particular. Um, yeah. And I... I still like Gonzaga at full strength, but that's certainly going to be highlighted um, in that matchup. And then Auburn over Tennessee. I think Tennessee magic runs out. Um, I think, honestly, it might have been a little uh, presumptuous or expecting too much putting them in the Final Four in the first place, but I'm sticking with that. Auburn gets the win there. Love getting folked up, but he is not going to win that matchup. Yeah, um, Tennessee is going to win the battle on the perimeter. So this, I expect this to be a very close game, um, but I think Auburn will have just enough and they'll have the best player on the floor in Jabari Smith. That always helps. And then with you, Gonzaga over Auburn. No explanation needed. It's the Zags year. It is. Um, it, it should be. It is surprising, but yet it should not be surprising <laughs> if you've listened to the well, show any I'd, of the last six years. Yes, I I was more saying that we have the the same runner up because as we've been saying all year, yeah, there's not totally. there's not a clear cut two best teams like there were last year with uh, Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, so right, right. That's that's all I was marveling at. I I know you're a you're a no, WCC you. and Zag supporter all the of way. Course. I, you know, if I could, I would trademark three CC, but it's just not enough to get a, a trademark. It's okay. Um, yeah. So that is our uh, tournament preview bracket breakdown show. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter. 
throughout the tournament and beyond if you do not already at B Fox B Frank show um, and hit you with some breaking news um, right before we we finish Chris Collins has not been fired Northwestern is keeping him so Tom Crean will have to find employment elsewhere but uh, <laughs> we will uh, we'll be on Twitter all tournaments uh, with reactions and hopefully jubilation the Zags advance round after rounds or Seton Hall of Indiana because we care about those teams too. Um, yes, we do. But we will we'll be back next week to break down the first two rounds and look ahead to the Sweet 16. So we will see you then.